This evening's Dharma talk is titled, Enlightened by All Things. To study the self is to forget the self, to forget the self, is to be enlightened by all things. Dogen Zenji, the founder of this Soto Zen lineage, 13th century. The hell did he mean by that? To study the self is to study the Dharma, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and practice Shikantaza, practice Zazen, practice training your mind to see clearly what is on the move, what is showing up, what is going away, to observe that. <coughs> Get to know ourselves pretty pretty well. You spend a few thousand hours looking at a wall, There's nothing happening, nobody to bitch at. <coughs> Pardon me. And no one to listen to you to know yourself pretty well to study the self forget the self to forget the self is to be awakened enlightened by all things everything is telling you what you are what this is this may not show up right away it may take many many years of practice but just don't give up intend intend to see the truth what else you're going to do with your life <clears throat> go in circles somewhere else you could intending to see who you are and what this is you using the teachings of the buddha and of buddhist masters down through the centuries that we amazingly still have access to will help us clarify what this is clarify this confusion that we're all experiencing on some level in some way or another confusion about our emotions conflicting emotions i like this but i don't know if i should do that or that or part of me feels this way part of me feels we we quite often hear that hear ourselves say that or others and it's it's not deliberate confusion it's just kind of a description of how it feels to be a confused and belief believe that there is someone who is confused or that there's someone who's got it together someone who knows what's going on study the self is to forget the self so it's it's not exactly forgetting the self it's to study the self is to see the nature of the, the grasping quality of consciousness the shoving bullying, pushing, aggressive, angry aspect of consciousness. And also to notice that consciousness can just either fundamentally close off or it can close off by distraction into other. Something is arising that really is coming towards you, therefore it requires your attention. And because that is sparking or triggering things in your mind stream that you don't like, you're pretty fussy. And so we distract ourselves or turn away or change the subject, change the channel. Whoops, got to go. Get right out of there. Don't listen to that. Look at that. Receive that anymore. And to just receive doesn't mean to uh, be cruel to yourself. doesn't mean to overdose on something can be done gradually just 
needs to be persistent. Return, return, return. Don't give up. One simple way of giving up is just believing your thoughts about anything. Thoughts are relatively true, but they're fundamentally untrue. And even if you know that and are aware of that, you still not may not be aware how much that's manipulating you to go this way or that way. What you're looking at, this is why there's so many metaphors like, or images like mirrors in the, in the Buddha's Dharma. What you're looking at is like a mirror. That doesn't mean it's going to look like you. But if you look at what is in front of you or who is in front of you without adding, judging them, without subtracting, judging them, or without ignoring them, judging them, or labeling them, or naming them, or explaining them, or doing anything with them at all other than just receive, that can be very distasteful. Because what you are, the beginning of what you are receiving is your own projection. And that's when you begin to see that what you just thought was in front of you it was actually your mind. And that we were projecting onto that. Does everybody feel sufficiently scolded? Or so what I'm saying is continue to return, return to the return to the cushion, return to the wall, return to the practice, return to what wh whichever whatever concepts in the Buddhist um, extremely uh, large uh, teachings down through the centuries, find something in there that seems to support, help support your particular understanding of the path or your, your particular understanding of the way in which you're um, involved in passion, aggression, ignorance, hope and fear, pride and envy. Just, just there's something in there probably. It might be in one of the 59 slogans of of Atisha, or it might be uh, one of the precepts, the Zen precepts, the 16 precepts, or maybe maybe somewhere else that I don't even know about, maybe a, a part of the teachings that are somewhere else altogether. So what you're looking at when it says uh, to be awakened or enlightened by all things, it just means that everything, if you see what it is, is telling you, is in ancient times, one of the sayings was the, that everything is preaching the Dharma. Everything you see is a sermon on the Buddhist teachings. It's an odd way to say it, but it's, it's, it's like that. The very thing you're fighting with, objecting to, pushing away, in, in essence, is the truth. Not the item itself. <clears throat> but you may receive it that way. You may you begin may begin to see it that way. That's why it is necessary, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm very biased in this area. I'm not saying this can't be done on your own by studying Dogen Zenji. A lot of people spend their whole life reading those books with not too much practice. But that's why it's necess uh, it is ne necessary to have a teacher that will not mislead you. You may think the way that teacher is functioning is unkind or unfair or confused or any any number of things. But if you have found a true teacher, then whatever that teacher says or does 
is a teaching. I'm not saying they everything they do is uh, going to be legal necessarily. I'm not talking about some kind of relative situation in the world to do with laws and convention and culture and might be way outside of that. But if that person is your teacher, you can take your craziness, your neurosis, if you feel like you have that at all to them, but you can't, you can't go there part way. You have to, this doesn't mean you have a confession, but you have to bring your awareness, your vulnerability in front of that teacher. If you go halfway, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's all that's necessary for you to do. So I've been sitting here, uh, I walked in here with quite a bit of difficulty because I have back trouble, but apparently it's seems like as soon as I start to teach, it stops. Jay's on bowing. Could you say what halfway and all the way are bowing? Halfway of you as you have completely surrendered. Well, you're a word I rarely use because it's not something you can do. It's something that has occurred because of your your attitude and your perseverance and your intention to see the truth. And if you have a teacher, then that teacher is the truth. That teacher really doesn't need you or need anyone. But you may need a teacher if you're on this path, if you're, especially if you're wearing robes. But even if you are lay ordained, or even if you're not ordained and will never get ordained, and you have an interest in this path, you may have to give the benefit of the doubt to somebody. It has to be all the way because uh, very easy to back up and start to judge uh, people around you, especially your teacher. Very difficult area. She's on buying, it seems, at the beginning, seeing some of our self-deception is easy because it's more apparent, but as it becomes more subtle, it can be difficult to relinquish that yes. reference point. How do we not settle for good enough or I'm feeling a little better bowing. I think the continuing to return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha as a form of whether you're ordained or not, if you're just practicing that, and then a lot of sitting meditation, a lot of sitting down, holding still, and observing the craziness, the insanity, the circularity, the busyness, the pettiness of the mind. The ego is very petty. So it's a matter of continuing and return to that over and over and over again. You may need to do prostrations, you may not. I don't require any of that particularly, but you may need to do something like that. That's why this is, these teachings have gone through the centuries, show up lots of different ways. They used to circumambulate the Buddha and then bow down and be seated. That's not something we're doing or going to do. But different kinds of forms show up in different ways in different cultures. And here we are uh, in a Western culture in the United States, in Michigan, no less. And we're talking about something that began 2,500 years ago, showed up in Japan, showed up in Tibet, and a person came from each direction uh, to teach in this country, and I met both of them. In that line, forget the self, is there another word that you might use for forget that would capture his intention better? 
Yeah, you'd almost have to go back to see the translation to see what, how he was saying that, and somebody has decided that that would be the word to use in that place, but I, I don't know. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Sure, I, I just know when I see the word forget, I think kind of like ignore, so it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. that's what he, I don't think Dogan's encouraging uh, me to ignore something. Uh, the, way I, the way I would, now that you've said that, now I will respond to it this way. Put others before yourself. You don't have to worry about the self, so just forget the self, put others before yourself. Forget the self, put others before yourself. Forget the self, put others before yourself. Forget the self. Get it? I translated that for you. Put others first. And how do we do that? We notice how we are very petty. And when something doesn't go our way, suddenly we forget everybody. And we suddenly start thinking of me and my feelings and my emotions and how I feel and how I think and what somebody has said and what I'm not getting acknowledged for. Petty, just petty stuff. And we're not talking about fixing that or stopping that. We are talking about, I'm talking about, just observe that. If you abandon what is showing up as petty mind, or what do you, if you abandon or turn away from it, or try to artificially stop it so you get to be a better person, a person who doesn't have those kind of petty thoughts, that's more confusion and it's more spiritual materialism. So the way you would work with that pettiness is just remember others, remember those who are suffering all around you and in the world. And also the thought forms that are rising in your own mind. Don't do anything with them. Don't push them down. Don't fluff them up. And don't ignore them. When I endeavor to put other people before myself, it still seems like the self-centeredness can get some kind of credential out of that. Um, if we're putting others before ourselves, um, can the ego still usurp <clears throat> that? Or <clears throat> Yes, well said. It can. And you're only... The only thing you need to do there is just observe the way you uh, get a credential for it. Observe. It's not about, it, it is about not getting credentials, but the way we do that is to observe the way we keep reaching out for some kind of proof of something. Uh, I'm doing this and doing that, and I'm proof that I'm, I have a credential for that. I'm doing that. I'm the one who's, who knows, I'm the one who succeeds. Don't you do that a little bit? Just observe it. Don't, don't, when I say don't improve, I'm not saying you aren't going to improve, but when we have an activity of trying to improve, like, uh, like Western understanding of, uh, of uh, education is to get some kind of credential out of everything. And it's not that that's incorrect or wrong or we shouldn't have it or we didn't need, don't need something like that. Sometimes there's a lot made out of that that actually gets in the way of a, uh, of a, uh, an edu education with more depth to it, not just a credential situation, but something that goes much deeper than that. You, you may improve. You may, it may be some kind of contrast, but it'll, it, when it does happen, you won't care for a credential there because you'll spend time looking at your own uh, mind stream, which is full of lies and full of untruths and full of self-deception, and you won't push it away. You won't explain it or, or justify it. You won't blame anybody for it, and you won't ignore it, and it will come apart because it only can stay together uh, through pushing, pulling, through the three poisons. Going to, don't go to war with anything, and don't go to peace with anything. An area that's coming up for me is, is in communication and 
Um, I'm thinking if I might have to meet with the painter or contractor, I might have to talk about something we've done here and just, I might have to say like, I did this, which I feel misses all of the other people that helped out with something. So yes. is there anything to do with the, just the way our language works around that? Just, just all you have to, it's, it's a wonderful, it's, it's kind of a Dharma gate for you. Then you can see the way you're on the edge of bragging about yourself, but you don't have to stop that manipulating that so you're not that kind of person that just reinforces the whole self-centeredness of the mind which which just uplifts some kind of false self more ego just more subtle more sometimes we'll meet people who are so holy it makes you sick because it's all about how holy they are it's not about actually being sacred it's about separating himself into a special person the Bodhisattva is not a special person. The Bodhisattva is nobody. The Buddha is nobody. Fundamentally, go ahead. Sure. Can we have those credentials come up and that credit come up and not become someone special out of it? Yes. You can. Just observe. And if it, when that's coming up, the, the ego area of the mind gets sickened by its own grasping and so wants to not be that way. So, but all you have to do is just to not mind being sick. So that way you actually are what you're trying to get rid of. Instead of being separating yourself into somebody who doesn't want to be that way, somebody who wants to be this or that, that way you actually are that. And if you are that, then this is a, uh, this is where the observer and the observed start to merge and it can be excruciating for ego. Not, not only excruciating, can be terrifying for some people. It depend, depends on how, uh, the way in which you manage to hide out from yourself. And some people may find practice meditation for 10 or 15 years and, and finally start to get a glimpse of how hard this is going to be and just back right up and they might still practice. But they're not really practicing anymore. They're They're trying to maintain themselves a little, so they're kind of more clear on things, but they haven't gone. They get, I don't want to get new. They do not want to get too near to the cliff, which they can see is just over there. Jesus, how do I bring my neurosis to the teacher? You already do it. That's yeah, absolutely sickening. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I'm, I'm being silly about it. You do. You, you're, you're genuine. You bring your understanding. You bring that to, to me anytime we meet. I feel like you're already doing that. I'm not saying you're going to get, you are going to get some kind of credential out of it. Everyone is so, everyone is functioning so differently in terms of their particular karma or what's really, really difficult for you. Someone else might even listen to that or look at that and think it's a big deal. Uh, whereas you might look at somebody else's situation and think, wow, why are they having such difficulty with that? That seems like, that shouldn't be a problem to them at all. So, uh, but what is showing up here is not just what's happening right here in this lifetime. We're bringing, we're bringing a whole train load of, of causes and conditions. It's called karma, and it's been coming this direction for centuries, which is an understatement. So far, my back is letting me teach or talk. Anyway, I don't know if I'm teaching or not. Maybe not. Oh, you're bowing. So, uh, to be enlightened by all things, 
does that mean that anything we look at is the opportunity for enlightenment? Everything you look at is enlightenment. Everything you, everything you see is a Buddha. Is that something we should remind ourselves of? You could. That's what, that's what the slogans are for. It teaches 15, oh, is it 59 slogans? Uh, a lot of the slogans to, don't make any sense to me, but there's some of them that are really uh, interesting and very, I think would be very helpful. And some of them are complicated. So you could use a slogan. The one that I've <clears throat> talked about before is the one you can say is when you're full of complaints and and being upset about everything and everybody and what's happening to you, you can just reverse it. Just use the words. If you have the intention to reverse it, you can actually use words. You can say, and your body, bring it together. Bring this everything separate together. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. And, and mean it. And of course, that means to lie. I mean, how else can you do it? Your, your ego mind doesn't really feel that way at all. But you, you just do it anyway, because you're, you're in a, on a path of transcendence, not in a path of agreement. But you're going to transcend this. If you're listening to this Dharma talk, causes and conditions are lined up in such a way that you need to hear this. You don't have to be a student of mine. You don't have to ever have to listen to me again. But you might want to remember that. Everywhere you look is Buddha. Live in enlightenment. That means include everything. Include all of your neurosis. But you can't include something if you've got it shut out. You don't exactly know what it is. And if you try to include something that is shut out, you take a look and say, I think I'll just leave that where it's at for a while. I don't think I really want to look at that and feel too comfortable. And besides, the teacher doesn't know about that. So uh, I can probably, he's pretty old, so I can probably just practice and practice. And, and he never will see that aspect of my ego. So realize this is your opportunity. What an incredible opportunity for all of us to be in a country where this is might be taught somewhere, but where we as a community get together. Everyone here is, isn't anyone here who is, uh, uh, totally new that I can see anyway, maybe. But we all get together and work together and study together and commu uh, communicate, cooperate, collaborate, help each other study this amazing Buddha's Dharma. It's called Sangha. Undo. When you say everything is the Buddha, are you saying everything is our teacher? Everything is teaching you. Everything is awake. Everything, yes, it's complete. It's ultimate truth. How do we see everything is awake? Just watch everything that's asleep, that you think is asleep. Watch everything you think is some separate thing that doesn't know anything, that's dead. Or it's just a, an old, a bench or just an old tree. Look closely. Look closely. What does awake look like? Looks like it's not sleeping. It's awake. It's, it's realized. It's awake. It's not separating itself from anything. It's like the first finger knows about the little finger. It's not jealous of it. Not separate. Why is that not sleeping? Because it's not sleeping. Because nothing is covered up. Nothing is hidden. So 
On top of that, I would have to say, as we all know, that we're using relative words to describe something that, that is impossible to describe. But one who has seen this is probably probably going to be interested in talking about this in some way, and we'll see if they can encourage you if they have a student. There, uh, anybody, anyone in the arts, uh, artists of all kinds, uh, professional people may try to look for ultimate truth somehow, in some way, trying to use what they, seeing what they, if they can put together something that will evoke something beyond itself or something greater than itself. Uh, I'm wondering what we can do to appreciate is that the same thing as seeing uh, awake or not sleeping? I, I think that appreciation is something we should do with everything, no matter what it is. It means to receive whatever it is with, without, uh, without any kind of uh, resistance in terms of a commentary or a judgment or an evaluation based on just what shows up to, to not immediately judge it or push it away or shut it down or even accept it. And don't ignore it. Think about it a, a moment. Something comes up that you've never seen before. And you don't do anything with it other than look at it, smell it, taste it, touch it, listen to it, think about it. Just receive that as, as it is, just as it is, rather than, rather than bind to some kind of trigger that causes you to go somewhere else or causes you to fight against that because it's, you don't know what that is. Maybe this shouldn't be allowed to be here. What is this is going to threaten us? Well, so then on the path, what we're doing is really looking at our projections. And so yes. we're, we're looking. And you're, you're always looking at the truth, but it just might be covered up by a lot of things. So that's why I say, look, it's right in front of you. If you look at what's right in front of you, for instance, the wall, long enough, you'll eventually see. Are our projections the Buddha? Yes. Everything is the Buddha. Everything is not separate. You will see dependent origination uh, as it is. It's not a bunch of separate things all connected. It's not separate. So it isn't separate things. Therefore, everywhere you see, everything you look at is, is not separate from anything else. Nor is it the same. It's a, that, that area of that structure of concepts right there is gets you start to work with that back and forth and try to find out where what is ultimately being said there. It's hard to see that and draw some kind of a conclusion without leaving the ultimate and, and, and lowering yourself down into not a bad place, just a different area down into uh, relative uh, conclusions or opinions or ideas or or contractions or uh, conclusions, not wrong. It's part of it's the way the world works. Uh, materialism works. But this is a spiritual path, so it's not about success. It's about seeing the truth. It's like Meister Eckhart said in the 13th century, sometime before they probably uh, immolated him for heresy. He said, "God went that way, and truth went that way." I could let God go and follow the truth. This is a monk in the 13th century had that kind of insight. Unusual. At least that's the way it was reported. 
It seems like that. often what arises in response to what's in front of me is warfare. I'm wondering how that is enlightening. Because it's not separate from anything else. It's just showing up that way. So, but you may be taking that personal and trying to stop that warfare or join that warfare, or you may be part of that warfare. And it's just energy that's been personalized. It's just energy is everywhere. And when there's somebody going somewhere with some kind of an agenda about it, then the energy that's there becomes warlike. So all you have to do is be aware of that. It doesn't mean that if you're aware of it, you get, you're going to fight with it. You're going to stop the war, like trying to stop the insane progression of causes and conditions that lead up to any of the wars that are, have gone on or the ones that's going, that are going on now. You can't go in and just stop it. If you're going to stop war, you need to st start where the wars start at, and that's in the human mind. That's where they start. Rather than go and out and beat up on the bully after the bully is already full grown and has a big club. Good area to ask about. I want to hear what I have to say too. Did I understand you to say that the warfare comes out of ego? Is it is it also the case that that's just energy that's arising? No, ego isn't real. That's why you don't have to get rid of it. When you see that the, the ego energy is just energy that has been usurped by narcissism and by fear, that there's no one there, no personhood there. If you see it, then then you're liberated. It doesn't mean you can go out. You're going to go out and celebrate. You just see that you you're seeing what no one else is seeing, and you can't even tell anybody about it because they have to see it themselves. So if you happen to function as a teacher, then maybe some people will listen to you and maybe be on your wavelength enough so that they will give you permission to tell them about it or to teach them. But ego is unreal. You don't have to get rid of anything. You do not have to improve. You just have to see the truth. And any improvement uh, that happens may happen, but you won't get credit for it. You won't even say, I improved. You won't even say, I'm enlightened, necessarily. Well, that's dependently risen, too. You may, may say that in some situation. That may be the only thing you can say in response to someone. But the warfare... It's about awareness that actually sees the energy get personalized into somebody that's pissed off. And it can back it up by causes and conditions uh, that we call blame or some kind of causation that's gone amiss. Good area. If you can ask the question, I can <laughs> pretend to answer it. Maria Bank, what does it mean to know what something is? Bank. It's exactly the same as not knowing. You know what it is, and you don't know what it is. It's called transcendence. It's called non-dual. Uh, it, it's, it's not a very workable way to talk about it, to use just a couple of ideas, concepts, like knowing and not knowing, and say they're not different, not separate. They're differentiated. But you're no longer picking and choosing based on some kind of relative value of good or bad. You're just not doing that anymore. So you may not do an awful lot. Maria Bowing. So if you are not choosing anymore, so um, then are you including everything? Bowing? If you realize you're, you're not particularly including anything either, 
that's the path is to include the path of the of the enlightening being or the bodhisattva is to whatever shows up in their path they include it they might not agree with it and by include doesn't mean that they uh, bring uh, robbers and murderers into their house they might might include more locks on the doors so it's about relating to something as it's actually showing up and you actually get to see 15 people all of which uh were robbers or were thieves or criminals and were locked up and you actually get to see those people and realize that each one of those people came into that prison dependently risen with all kinds of different karma that brought them there and they ran into a a huge uh, bulwark of insanity called uh the michigan department of corrections to name a name one of them where they just take somebody who has somehow stepped out of side of a form and put them in a box lock them up and there's um kyoshin has a couple of questions in the chat box go ahead, go ahead first, the first one is is some of this about us awakening a little from something in nature traffic anything something about something of us awakening in nature traffic anything do you want me to reread it might try one more time and I'll work on it. I'm pretty slow. Is some of this about us awakening a little from something in nature, traffic, anything? What do you want to know, Kyoshi? Give me a very straight, simple question about what you want to know. Kosan Bowing, he has a follow-up question. Maybe that addresses it differently. Okay, thank you. Is the joy of those many teachings just natural appreciation of the Dharma slash appreciative joy? No, not the way you're asking me. Appreciation is the path, not, not, not the goal. The goal is better than that, and it's worse than that. You mean you guys are all going to just sit there and look at me, and I, I busted my butt to get in here and appear in front of you to... Uh, and you're going to not ask me any questions. I, should, I might as well go screaming out of here. Go ahead. Okay. Bowing. How does consciousness that can see through the mind's attachment to ego operate? Bowing. Well, if it's not interfered with, if we just stop pushing, pulling, and, and doing any of the the shenanigans that go on to try to get our way as somebody, then it eventually just wears out because it's, it is in, it's connected to dependent origination, which is showing up as this moving and that going this way and this going that way. Just, just observe that until the personhood starts to dissolve out of it. Because if you don't do anything with it, if you don't credit, you don't blame and you don't ignore those three, three poisons, then the personhood that wants something, it doesn't want that starts to come apart you don't go anywhere your your ears don't fall off but you just notice that you don't really care what happens this doesn't mean that you're ignoring uh, animals who are being mistreated it doesn't mean that you're ignoring what's happening uh, in different parts of the world where people are being abused and tortured or whether that's happening right in your own backyard or even in your family but you may see it a lot more clearly than someone who's trying to go to war with it or trying to go to peace with it everybody should be peaceful or just saying, what problem? I, uh, I, I really, that's, that has nothing, it's none of my business. I don't have anything to do with that. Awareness, 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 awareness. 
eventually the the, the self the, the self-centered part or the narcissistic part of the of the awareness uh, starts to come apart because it is only held together by war and peace Hashem bowing um what is filterless awareness um what is what filterless filterless awareness without any filter um oh, watch your step there now yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is filterless awareness when the filters are defilterized? No. <laughs> um, my my ego immediately jumps to I you know the the consciousness is going to get overwhelmed because there's no filters. Um, but then there's nothing to be overwhelmed because ego is not real. Um, Sounds good to me. So, what do you want to know about that? How do I create a concept around something that, that doesn't have a filter? Bowing. You don't need it. You don't need it uh, any more concepts. You have plenty of them. You don't need any more. Where is the reference point or how? The reference point is whatever's arising, and that's going to look like something else until it until you see what it actually is. It's just, it's just a matter of continued return. The most uh, probable, I, I feel that the best thing I can say is just return, 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 rather than going to some kind of conceptual understanding of it. Spend time on the cushion, which you already do. Spend more time there, reading and studying, relating to Sangha through the study of the Dharma. This is important to do this. Is there a question in the chat box? I saw something show up. There are several questions in the chat box. Um, there's one from Todd E. He says, is there a goal? Well, there's several, but uh, there's the goal to end suffering. And there's uh, the goal to uh, realize your true nature, realize what this uh, self and other really is, to realize what this is, to end suffering, save all beings protect others and say more about it, but that's close. There's a question from Sarah, actually two from Sarah. Sarah Bowing, how do you work with the uncomfortable textures certain people bring you? If it's really overwhelming, then uh, it depends on if it's if it's a, if it's well if it's your life partner then it's pretty difficult, but if it's your in your family where it's you can't really keep some distance there or job situation, but keep the contact to a minimum. But when you are in contact, receive as much as you can without any without adding any judgment or any without adding anything to it uh, if you can. But if you do add, then just just receive that. And then limit your time so that you don't get too overwhelmed by that uh, um, that difficult or uncomfortableness that is happening. So instead of spending an hour with the person, uh, after 10, 15 minutes, look at your watch and uh, not, a, not a digital watch. Don't look at those. Uh, look at a analog watch and then Oops, gotta go. Get out of there. It's not, they're not really abandoning them. 
you're, because while you were there, you're doing the best you could to receive them and listen to them and, and uh, receive whatever texture it was that was, you, you were calling it difficult, uh, uh, referred to as a texture. It's a good word, useful. It says something, but it doesn't really judge anything particularly. So it sounds like you're doing fine. Just keep your contact with that individual person to a minimum if you can. And that way, while you are with them, you're pretty genuine. You're just being with them and listening to them, and you're being respectful to their uh, their um, confusion. It's very important to respect people's confusion, not to jump in the middle of it and point out their mistakes. Kyokuro Bowing, her next question, and then there's one from Larry. But Sarah's next question is, Sarah Bowing, how does one tap into compassion when dealing with another person who isn't compassionate? Well, you know, it's to give a, a generic, general response to it. I again, I would say keep it to a minimum, uh, your, your uh, contact with them, so that when you are with them, you can be on receive. The, the, the compassion uh, won't show up as a feeling. If you're looking for some kind of feeling, you're trying to give them, uh, show them how compassionate you are. That's uh, um, not compassion. That's uh, ego. But if you actually truly want to um, be compassionate, then receive the person's negativity. You won't get burned. Receive it. It's much, much more, much better to do this kind of receiving than the kind that is traditionally called called Tonglen, where we're sending and receiving while writing the breath. I don't teach that, even though I practiced it for decades. Uh, what I do teach is when somebody comes to you with their negativity, respect the negativity. The negativity is very powerful. Someone's confused thought patterns or they've had them tied up for maybe long periods of time. If you just observe those, and of course, as I say, often say, if you're always a student, then everything is a teaching. You actually, if you look at that situation with that person, you're, you're looking at the Buddha Dharma right there. Because life is suffering, and that person is showing you how they're probably, I don't know this for sure, because I don't know the person you're talking about, but probably showing you the way they avoid their suffering by torturing you. But if you can see that, then you can see that they're suffering. That's why they're acting in a way that doesn't smell too good, perhaps. So I would say don't overdo overdose on it, but receive a little bit of that. Be polite, be respectful to them. Or if it's really horrible, then just stay away from them altogether. You, don't, you have no, uh, there's no requirement to uh, say save all beings. They're not saying you have to go to the worst person on the block and save them or meet them where they're at. Just go slow. Again, compassion is not a feeling. That's more like sympathy or feeling sorry for someone or uh, seeing someone that's not as well off as you are, feeling sorry. Or, even sad about their plight. The compassion is not necessarily an emotion. It might have emotional qualities to it, but the basic force of compassion is a wisdom on the move. But it's wisdom. It doesn't see anything else. And again, I'll say, like I say, just about every time I give a talk, don't believe anything I say. And don't disbelieve it. Just if you listen to it. It's being offered. Nice to see you, Sarah. 
Joshua Bowing, a question from Larry. Uh, Larry's ba Larry Bowing, does dependent origination mean that there is fate? Bowing. That there is fate? Fate? Yes. Uh, no. Uh, fate is a word that that people who are who are hooked on and attached to uh, cause and effect and right and wrong and up and down, back and forth and life and death. Uh, that's what they call, uh, uh, that's what they name that if it's like your, it was your karma to get this or have it, you're fated to have this happen. That's a, that's a big misunderstanding. But nothing is fated and nothing, uh, you could take it the other way and say, it, nor is anything not fated. It's even worse. You're not going to get any handle on it. I'm certainly not going to help you. I'm one of the greatest scientists who's ever lived. No, wait a minute. That was that was another lifetime. Actually, I can't even think in a straight line. <laughs> but I know people who can, and that's how I managed to get my taxes done. <laughs> no, you do the taxes, don't you? Yeah. Unya does the taxes. Should we should we pull into the station or is there another question? Yes, sir. You'll sometimes say to start with the teacher in various scenarios. I wonder if there's any quality of saving all beings in relating to the teacher. Well, the, I think it's different for each with each person, but it's important to to give the teacher the benefit of the doubt, if not fully trust them, but at least give them the benefit of the doubt on things. When you see something that they're saying or doing or that you don't understand, you should you should bring it to them. If you can, unless I've got 15,000 students, but bring it to them and say, what, I'm, looking, I'm watching this and this, what about that? What's happening there? So in other words, interact. Is that where you're headed with that or is there something else? Excuse me, saving all beings has some quality of relating to confusion to me. And it, I'm wondering how that could apply if that doesn't particularly show up in the teacher. Like, how do you save the teacher? Yeah. Mm. Like, easy to make a joke here. Should I or should I just say something really sincere, honest, and genuine? Holy. I don't know. What is it you want to know? How do I practice saving all beings? See, well, the starting of that, as you already know, is to see the way you, you get sucked up in your own feelings and forget all beings. Just to watch how much you do that. Watch the petty mind that actually leaves all beings in the dust over and over and over again. And eventually the vow, uh, I can't guarantee you anything, but the vow that you've received, eventually it continue to practice and it will take over and you will no longer make any choices about anything other than save all beings, put others before yourself. Even though they might not think you're doing that, still you do it anyway, because you're not looking for credit. Does that smile mean you understood what I said, or means you think what I said was funny? <laughs> uh, you have to watch, simply put, in any situation, in awareness practice, you're going to have to watch, observe, see, smell, taste, touch, think, a lot of negativity without pushing it away, without validating or justifying it, and without distracting yourself from it or, or uh, shutting it down. You have to look at a lot of that before eventually you see what that has been covering up. That has been covering up your enlightened nature, your Buddha nature, 
your true nature, that nature which does not appear, therefore it can't disappear. Body mind comes up, it's going to die sooner or later. Compounded things all vanish eventually, but your true nature, your Buddha nature is not compounded and it can be realized. Everyone should go and memorize the 30 verses of Asabandu before tomorrow. <laughs> into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jihosanchi If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.